Okay, we are continuing in the chronological life of Jesus, and we are in this Sermon on the Mount, and in John, I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And last week we had read uh, verses 1 through 5, and we'll read it again, we'll continue right there. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Do not judge so that you will not be judged, for in the way you judge you will be judged, and by your standard of measure it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And last week, what we focused upon is we focused upon uh, uh, areas uh, uh, areas of conscience where I may want to abstain from eating a certain food, you may want to abstain from eating a certain other food, that's fine. We're not to judge one another in it. But if I am going to project that upon you, if I say, well, I don't eat this, so you shouldn't eat it, that's where it starts bumping up against what the Word instructs us not to do. And Paul, in fact, very vigorously, as we read last week in in 1 Timothy chapter 4, he vigorously opposed that sort of thing. But I want to look at it a little bit differently today. I want to look at, uh, again on this theme of judging and just give you a few examples from, from uh, my own life. Let me just start with a, with, with, with a, a little joke I heard once and, and um, that, that there was this old lady and she was complaining a lot. And uh, she was complaining because her, her home got robbed and she said, can't believe what the world's coming to. My house got robbed and somebody broke in my house and stole all my Holiday Inn towels. And so... <laughs> So what happens is very often what we see is uh, uh, we see things that we ourselves have the same trouble with. I'll give you an ex- example of that from my own life. You know, I, I remember this one day, you know, this guy kind of came in my lane without signaling. And I was thinking, I wish people would just learn to signal when they come into my lane. And that, you know, not five minutes later, I changed lanes. And then after I changed lanes, I noticed that I hadn't signaled. And, and one day I was in, in the locker room, and this is back when, when Rice used to, have to, uh, used to provide you with workout clothes. And in fact, you had to wear their workout clothes to work out at Rice. And, and uh, you'd have a basket, and <clears throat> you'd put your old workout clothes in there, and they'd replace it, and, and they'd give you a lock. And so the lock was a, was a Rice-issued lock, and you'd have a certain combination. And I, I went, went, went to the, the desk there, and this student walked up and she said, you know, I've forgotten my combination. Could you, could you remind me? And, you know, the guy had a book and he'd open the book and he'd give her the combination. I'm thinking, here's a Rice student. She can't even remember her combination. <laughs> so I went and I worked out and I went back to my locker and I couldn't remember my combination. I just couldn't remember. And I'm thinking, this has never happened before. But here I judged this young lady and God is just showing me. And I just... I could not remember my combination. I had to sheepishly walk up to the desk and say, could you give me a combination to my lock, please? And, you know, I had this lock for years, and I couldn't remember it. So, so very often we see in others, and this is why Jesus said, take this log out of your own eye before you try to take this speck out of another's eye. Because so often what we see in another that we're judging them for is something that we ourselves have the same struggle with. And in fact, the Scriptures talk about this type of thing. The Scriptures actually point this out. Jesus is pointing this out in, in, uh, 
in, in Matthew, where he says you have a log in your own eye. But, but uh, in, in Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, it says the same sort of thing. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment. For in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things, and you do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? So he says here, be careful, you condemn yourself very often when you judge another. Because what you judge other people for, you will very often find that you have the same characteristics in yourself, and this is why you were so able to pick this out. Why you were so able to see it. Because the, uh, you have that same struggle. And I have seen this. Some of the things that irritate me most about other people are when they have certain idiosyncrasies that I myself have. And so I'm, I, I can quickly pick these things out. So, so we're, we're to be careful of this. Okay, so now let's, let's read on. In verse 6 of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So, you know, I've heard this sometimes in the context, in the context sometimes of of being careful how we share the gospel. And it has absolutely nothing to, to do with that. Remember, what the Sermon on the Mount is, The Sermon on the Mount is a repudiation of the oral law, the traditions of men that have made the Word of God of no effect. And what Jesus is doing is He is contrasting the oral law, and that's why He kept saying, you have heard it said, you have heard it said, you have heard it said. Where whenever He was quoting scriptures, He would always say, it is written, it is written, it is written. This is, again, coming against the, the Pharisaic law, this oral tradition that is making the Word of God of no effect, and also what it's doing is it's showing where the law, the law of Moses, should have taken them in righteousness. And so what he is saying to them is he says, do not throw what is holy to dogs, do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So he's giving them all this insight on what the law of Moses, where it should bring them as far as righteousness should be. And then he says, be careful who you share this with, because if you share this with the Pharisees, they're going to tear you to pieces. They're going to reject it, and they're going to tear you to pieces. And he's saying, I have personal experience with that. This is what will happen to you. Don't expect your leaders, he's telling them, to receive this. This has nothing to do with us making a judgment as to where we should, we, we should present the gospel. Oh, those people are bad. They shouldn't get the gospel. Don't throw your pearls before swine. Not so. The gospel, when God moves on your heart, you go and you share the gospel. The gospel can be shared in bars. The gospel can be shared in prisons. The gospel can be shared. This has nothing to do with where you share the gospel. The gospel is open and should be shared all over the place. And that's why when we understand what the Sermon on the Mount is, as a unit, then it makes sense. The gospel is fine to go out. But these pearls were the pearls of wisdom that he was giving them and saying to them, in that day, for your leaders in that day, 
Don't throw these pearls before the swine because they'll tear you up. All right, let's continue on. In verse 7 of Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? So, he's taking this example, and he says, Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. He has the same sort of teaching later on in Scriptures, a a very similar sort of thing he has in Scriptures uh, uh, for them. He deals with the same sort of issue. So, if you look, for example, in Luke chapter 11. So, that was the Sermon on the Mount as a unit, and he gives a very similar teaching in Luke chapter 11, And in this time, he's teaching his disciples when he himself was praying. And if you look in Luke chapter 11, so different situation, same sort of teaching. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So what they're asking him to do, they say, teach us to pray. John taught his disciples to pray. Teach us how to pray. Jesus said, okay, this is how you do it. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also, for, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. So this is very similar to what he gave them that we discussed a few weeks ago. But now he's underscoring the same sort of thing, that here is the pattern. You glorify God, and then the next thing you do is, he says, give us each day our daily bread, you pray for your needs, you walk in forgiveness, and ask God to protect you from temptation. This is the outline in prayer. He says you pray in this way, and this is the outline in prayer. He then continues on. But he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and he says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut, and my children and I are in bed, and I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if you ask him for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? You know, so we see similarities to what He was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, to what He's teaching here to His disciples. 
He says, here is the general pattern in prayer. You come before God and you glorify Him. Part of prayer is you're asking for your own needs. Give us this day our daily bread. You ask for your needs. You have a career. You pray for your career. You pray that God opens a job for you. You pray this. Father, open for me a job. Father, open for me a position. Father, give me creativity in my work. Lord, give me insight in my work. The Scriptures say light and darkness are the same to Him. The Scriptures say light arises in the darkness for the upright. That means in the darkness where nobody else can see, you can see. You pray God opens your eyes and gives you creativity where no one else has it in their work. God will give that to you. Very often we do not receive because we do not ask. It says in the book of James, you do not receive because you do not ask. That is the primary reason why we do not receive answers to prayer, because we flat out do not pray. And the example of prayer that Jesus puts before us in this portion is not, uh, Father, give me that, please. Okay, thank you. That's it. No, it's persistent. Persistence, persistence. This is what he's saying. This word that says, for everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who finds, everyone who seeks, finds. He who knocks, it will be opened. If you look in your footnote, if you have a, a, a Bible with footnotes, it says the context, the way this is written in the original language is, you ask and you keep on asking. You seek and you keep on seeking. You knock and you keep on knocking. This is what God does. He calls us to pray in this way. You say, well, why can't I just walk into God and just ask and that's it. Ask one time. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take up too much of his time. You know, he's, he's, he's a busy God. But this is what he tells us to do. And the example that he then gives us is of this man who's knocking on the door of his friend's house saying, could you give me something? Give me three loaves of bread. I've got a friend of mine who's just come over to visit. I've got nothing to share with him. And the guy from the inside says, go away. You know, I'm in bed. My kids are in bed. And in fact, if you, again, if you have a Bible that follows the text precisely, it says, I am in bed with my children. That may sound weird in your culture, but in that culture it's not weird at all. That people sleep with their children right alongside their parents, this is a very normal thing in many cultures. And that's what he's saying. My, my children I were in bed. We're all in bed together. My children are in bed with me. Go away. And it says that keep on knocking because... He will give to you, not because he's your friend, but because of your persistence, he'll finally give you whatever he has. Okay, take it. Just leave me alone. Let me get some sleep here. Why would God give us this example if it were not that he's trying to show us to ask and keep on asking? You find people who really know how to pray, and you will find their life is not just one-time ask. Never. They are persistent in prayer, asking and asking. And sometimes God delivers very quickly. Sometimes He takes longer. Sometimes His answer is no. Sometimes His answer, answer is wait. Sometimes it takes many years before you get it. You know, we want this to come right now. Well, sometimes that's not the way. You ask, you keep on asking. Now, look what happens. Look what, the, it, it, again, the example that Jesus gives. He says in verse 11, now suppose one of you fathers is asked by a son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? So look what's being asked for. He's asking for a fish. What do you do with a fish? You eat a fish. So he's not going to give him a snake. This guy is asking for something that's really... He's not asking for... 
give me a Rolls Royce. You know, he said, give me a palace. This is not the example that Jesus gives. Jesus said, this guy is asking for something that's really quite reasonable. He's asking for his daily bread. He's asking for his daily sustenance. This is what he's asking for. And the Father is not going to give him something that he can't eat. And then he, he says, uh, he says in verse 12, if he asks for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? So in other words, this man is in need of food. He's asking for food. This son is in need of food. He says he wants an egg. The father's not going to give him a scorpion. God understands according to the need. He gives according to the need. And then a very interesting thing he says here. He says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So remember what he had said in the Sermon on the Mount. How much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? When you ask Him, He'll give you good things. He may not give you specifically the exact thing you ask for, but He will give you good things. He will give you good things. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I don't know if anybody else would ever confess this. Have you ever prayed? Have you ever prayed that you, you knew somebody and they were... You know, you thought that they were to be your spouse. And you prayed that God would give you that individual as a spouse. And it didn't happen. Has that ever happened to anybody? Okay, there's one person. There's another. Anybody else? Has it ever, ever happened to anybody? Nobody else? That You, you were praying that, you know, Lord, that must be the right one. Lord, and, all right, well, anyway. For me... It was like every Christian young woman I saw. <laughs> you know, I was saying, Lord, is this my wife? Lord, if so, let it be. You know, God, I, I don't know if this ever happens to anybody else. Did, did, did that ever happen to you? Okay, Caleb. Caleb and I think alike. So we you got two guys really messed up here together. And we're, we're in this lot together. But you know what God did? He gave me a wife that is so much better than the ones that I was asking him for. And I was asking for years, just, Lord, give me the right wife. Make it clear. And what he was doing, he was moving heaven and earth to bring this young girl from all the way across the globe right to Syracuse, New York, of all places. What, what's happened in my marriage, I'll tell you, it is, it is like a treasure. As we go on, it is like I'm opening this treasure, treasure chest treasure chest, and I open it up, and there's all these things that I didn't even know were there that are so beautiful. I, all these things, it's, it's like I see in her life the quality of this person. I asked God, and He had something much better for me. I'll give you another example. I asked God to bless my career. I don't know anybody who enjoys their job more than I do. I know there are people who enjoy their jobs. Most people don't really care for their jobs. They long for Friday. The, the greatest thing for me about Friday is that the next day is Saturday and I have no appointment scheduled and I can go to my office and work. Because I love what I do. This is a blessing from God. Solomon wrote, it is a blessing of God for a man to enjoy the work of his hands. I pray that you enjoy your job as much as I enjoy mine. But I had no idea 
that I would enjoy this so much. But God knew. God knew. God directed my path. And I was praying for my career that God would bless it. God would put me in the right place. God has done this. God does this. You pray and you ask. And you pray more than once. Pray all the time. Lord, bless my career. Lord, give me creativity. Lord, provide for me the right spouse in your time, after your own choosing. This is what I pray over my children all the time. I pray again and again. Lord, provide for my children the right spouse in your time, after your own choosing. Father, do this in their lives, I pray. This is what I pray over my children. Not one time. I pray this almost every day for my children. I ask God to do this. Because I'm going to ask and keep on asking. This is the example that He gave for me. And I can see these treasures. We just, I, I just met with this uh, couple who was visiting Israel. And she brought two other couples, so six people, to visit my daughter. And my daughter knew this, this, this woman here in Houston, and they said they went to our daughter's home, and guess what? My daughter, they said, had cooked for at least 20. Just this huge spread. And guess where she learned how to do that? And so that my children have learned from my wife that when you have people over, you don't just make a tiny little thing. You just, just lay it out before them. And the guy was saying, we could have eaten there for two weeks with all that she made for us. And then my daughter was telling us, after these people had visited, my daughter told, told us, they hardly ate anything. And this is just like Shireen. You know, and and uh, uh, you see the quality. And then they started commenting on my son-in-law. They said, what a nice young man. What an intelligent young man. And I have known this. I mean, my son-in-law is wonderful. So it's no surprise to me that he's so wonderful. I have prayed for many years before my daughter was ever born. I prayed when she was in the womb. I didn't know if she was male or female. I just prayed for for this one's spouse. That you would provide the right spouse for this child. I prayed. And I am so blessed by these things because God hears years of prayers just stack up before the Father. This is the example that He gives to us. That He'll pour out, He'll open the door and say, Okay, take whatever you need. Whatever. You take whatever you need here. God will do this. My fear... My fear is that I will get to heaven and see piles of stuff left on the table that I could have had had I sought God in prayer. Many, many things that I could have had, but I settled for something much less. And look at the example. He says, it's you then being evil. This is a father. A father gives good things to a son. He says, but inherently you are evil. I'm a testimony of that. Inherently I am evil. It is only because God's intercession on my life. But he says, God's intervention on my life. But he says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And you're like, well, like, I was asking him for a loaf of bread and he gave me the Holy Spirit. Come on, I need a loaf of bread. Look what he says. God gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. This is the absolute treasure. We're praying for little trinkets and God says, I give you the Holy Spirit. This is the very best thing. You meet people who have learned in their lives how to pray. 
who learn in their lives how to spend time before God, they are so overflowing with the Holy Spirit. You can just see it pouring out of them. You meet them, you're like, I just want to be around you. Because being around them is like being around Jesus. They're so full of the Holy Spirit. People who spend time in prayer, what do they get? They get the absolute best treasure that God has. Not only do they, does He give them the little trinkets that they're praying for, but He gives them the Holy Spirit that just resonates and shines through their life. He says, I will give you the Holy Spirit if you learn how to pray and keep on praying. If you learn how to knock and keep on knocking. If you learn how to seek and keep on seeking. So this nonsense that I pray on Christmas and Easter is utter nonsense. You pray all the time. Let your prayers often be going up to the Lord. You don't have to constantly stop. It is great to have a set time where you go and you go and you go off and you pray. But to learn how to go all the time, talking with the Father, praying, praying for people, praying for needs, asking God, interceding. What's happening? God is giving us more and more of the Holy Spirit when we are doing this. Not only do we get these treasures, and you will see many times, God blesses those who pray a lot. God blesses them so much. They are not often, sometimes they are, but they are not often rich in this world. But the riches that they have are so much better than what the rich people have. The rich people would long, and they do long for the peace that these praying people have. For the calmness, for the family relationships for the depth of relationships, for the community that these people have when they are praying people. This is what God gives. He says He knows how to give good gifts to His children. He also knows how to give the Holy Spirit, which is better than any of this. Turn back to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse, 7, verse 12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. You see what he says? Again, this is the law and the prophets. What is the Sermon on the Mount? It is the totality of where the law and the prophets, the law of Moses and the writings in Scripture, should bring a person. This is where the righteousness of the law should bring a person. He says the whole thing, the whole thing is summed up in this. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. You see how positive this is. There's a rabbi, famous rabbi Hillel, who had said, don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. And you see how that, that can cause you to, from, from, from ever initiating anything. But Jesus turns the whole thing around and He makes it so much sweeter. He says, you do to others the same way you want them to treat you. And remember the principle of sowing and reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping. It says, when you judge, you will receive back overflowing in your lap. But when you're gracious, when you're generous, you receive back many times over and over and over again. If you treat people well, you will be treated well. If you treat people poorly, you, would be treat, you will be treated very, very poorly. You treat one person poorly, it will reap you 
treating many people will treat you poorly if you treat one person poorly. This is what the scriptures say. This is the principle in song, of sowing and reaping. If you are good to one person, you will have many people being good back to you. You know, when, when my children need a job, when my children need a position, I mean, people find out it is my child, boom, positions open for them. These amazing positions. Why? Because people want to bless my children. They want to do good for us because of all the things that Shireen has done for so many people. It just comes rocketing right back to us. And my family has been so greatly blessed. If you are good to one person, you will receive back many times over. So, when you see a new student, when you see a new person in a job and you're the established person there, you treat them very well. And then what will happen is that when you're, you get a new job and you're the new person there and everybody's kind of snubbing you because you're the new person or you're the freshman or you're whatever, they will come back. Many people will be good to you if you have been good to others. This is exactly what Jesus says. He puts the whole thing on the positive. He says, all of the law and the prophets, the entire Old Testament, all of what Moses was teaching you, all of what the prophets were teaching you, in the Psalms and in the Proverbs, everything that's there, it is embodied in this one statement. You treat others. You treat others as in the same way that you would want them to treat you. That's what you will get back. God will do very good in your lives if you learn to be gracious people, loving people, forgiving people. Remember, if you hold unforgiveness, it will come showering into your lap, overflowing unforgiveness. I just did one little thing and a guy wants to kill me. Oh, that's just the unforgiveness coming back to you. Unforgiveness coming back to you. If you learn to be forgiving and gracious, people will be the same back with you. That's what Jesus said. That is the embodiment of the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. And I pray for these young people that they would take hold of this. Father, that they would learn to pray. That they would never become so sophisticated or think themselves so intelligent that they would explain this thing away. But Father, that they would come humbly before you and pray. That they would seek and keep on seeking. That they would ask and keep on asking. That they would knock and keep on knocking. Father, not only that they would see these things answered, but that they would see the power of the Holy Spirit come upon their lives and that you would so conform them to the image of Jesus Christ as that power comes upon their lives, the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, so conform them into your image, I pray. Father, I pray that they would have good lives, that they would learn to do to others exactly as they would want done to them, that they would learn to walk in forgiveness that they would learn to walk in humility, that they would learn to walk in friendship and in generosity, that they would see this showered upon their lives. Father, I pray that you'd give them the prayer to pray, that they would ask for the perfect spouse that you have for them. Father, that they would learn to ask for their careers, for wisdom and for insight, for special insight in their careers. Father, for anointing in the tasks that are before them in their, their careers. Father, teach them to pray, I, I pray thee. Do that in their lives. And I pray for them to have good lives. Lives dedicated to you. Your mercies be upon them, I pray.
in the name of Jesus. Amen.